Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Are you still using an on-prem file server and VPN to share files with remote workers? Ignite is a business class cloud sharing solution that works more like your on-prem server than other solutions. With a security first approach to file sharing and collaboration, Ignite offers multiple options for sharing files and collecting files from outside sources and do it all addressing data governance and compliance. Want to learn more? Check out ignite.com slash MSP radio. And when you do, tell them we sent you. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I am joined today by a longtime friend, Frank Romandi, who is from IGI Cyber Labs. Welcome, sir. How are you? Thanks, Carl. It's great to be here and I appreciate the time. I'm, I'm doing well. Frank is the VP of Channel Development at IGI Cyber Labs, an MSP-focused tool that delivers complete visibility of your network, real-time discovery of devices, and prioritization of security gaps or vulnerabilities. Recent and past consulting clients include startups and established companies, uh, including Intel, ECS, CompTIA, uh, and so forth and so on. There's a long, long list of them. Additionally, that just, Frank mean, that just is means a, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's actually done this <laughs> this work before. Uh, additionally, Frank is a national board member of the nonprofit Community Health Charities, uh, a guest lecturer at UC Davis, which is just down the street from me, and provides additional marketing and business development support to other nonprofits. He also participates as a faculty member for CompTIA, presenting at industry conferences on their behalf, and most recently is a member of the Washington County, Oregon Medical Reserve Corps, actively participating in the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Wow. So you yeah. have a couple of things going on in your calendar. Yeah, there's just a couple, a couple. But the uh, I, I got to say, though, just on the last point, the most rewarding of the last year or so has been uh, working with the Medical Reserve Corps. And I'm not medical trained, but uh, I kind of support things around it and supporting my wife who's been, uh, is a nurse and does, uh, has been doing literally thousands of vaccines and rolling that out. And right now she's actually uh, been working in the county jails, making sure that inmates and are vaccinated and um, supporting that. So it's uh, it's really exciting in, in uh, community engagement. I love it. So it's uh, very, well, very uh, my uh, daughter-in-law is a nurse. And I have to say, I've, I've met many, many nurses over the years. Um, I don't want any of their jobs. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing that they do. Like, first of all, I don't like blood, but you know, this whole thing of uh, being nice to people all the time and helping people out, <laughs> even though, though sometimes they're total a-holes. I mean, it just, yeah. uh, and then it's, it is some of the the worst things that people have to do is is the things involved in caring for each other. So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and not that I'm not a caring guy. It's just <laughs> I do it in other ways. <laughs> people are built differently, and and thank God there are differences because they can they can take care of us when we need them. Yes, I, I am completely grateful that somebody wants to do that for a living. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So um, so yeah, so a lot a lot of the other things you mentioned there that that uh, as we said we we've, we've been around you and I both been around the uh, the globe a few around the sun a few times. Times. And one, um, you know, I've, I've worked um, Intel and Apple computer. I've worked at Cinex. 
uh, a lot of different elements and all of, you know, kind of the, the sum up my, my passion beyond, beyond community involvement is, you know, kind of building alliances and working on behalf of, you know, pulling pieces together that aren't always obvious together or, or sometimes are hard to get together and, uh, you know, making one plus one equals three. Uh, you know, in win-win situations. And that's kind of what I've brought forward into IGI Cyber Labs that I'm working on now, which is, you know, kind of a, a very point product, but it has a lot of various implications for MSPs in particular, but you know, really kind of even further down to their clients when it comes to insurability and cyber insurance ability, you know, the, the, the aspects that are becoming more and more critical to day-to-day -day life, right? And so, um, yeah, we're, we're excited about what we've got on the product and you know, we'll look forward to telling more people about it. You've mentioned several things about uh, IGI Cyber Lab. So, so slow down and tell me the, 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 what's the most important question I have to ask, ask you. How do I make money with this? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, you make money with using Nodeware by... There's a short-term play and a longer-term play. I'll start with the longer-term play. The longer term play is regarding your customer value and 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 you know delivering service that they need. Again, we we talked a little bit briefly before about in, insurability and sort of protection of their environment. And what Nodeware from IGI Cyber Labs does is provides the real time continuous scanning of various tools resources. Uh, systems and sort of all, all the access, all, all the points on a network that can be risky, right? From an outside hacking perspective or outside ransomware, whatever the cyber threat could be. And so the, the, the product is priced low enough and the continuous delivery of the service provides an opportunity for MSPs to either incorporate it into a, uh, you know, a security package that they're already offering for low cost and but adding a lot of value, whether from the alerting or from the reports that they need. When you look at elements of um, you know compliance from HIPAA or financial services or other compliance tools, those all are requiring more and more data, right? More and more real-time data and not a once a month ping on the network or once a quarter. It's it's got to be continuous. That's just so sort of the bottom line. So when you say data, you mean like streaming data, like constantly monitoring and, and pulling information. Exactly. And so what the, the, the feature that, that was patented by the company last year is the, the, the way it does it and the ability to literally every minute it's scanning the network for devices and for assets on that network. Um, every three to five minutes, it's doing a, a fingerprint of those devices. And most importantly, from a sort of a risk and evaluation standpoint uh, and vulnerability standpoint is that once a day, every asset is scanned. And against our you know, mega database of CVEs and all the other alerts that come out about risks and vulnerabilities that are found by whether it's an individual vendor that you know, puts out a new vulnerability on their device or their software, or it could be just you know, other, other risks, that, risks that come available. And so by doing this daily, and it could be two in the afternoon, it could be two in the morning, um, every asset is, is scanned. And that, so every day the MSP can come in and look and see, 
has this score changed? Why did it change? You know, the new thing that was discovered yesterday, boom, I've, I'm on it, right? I know what it was and what how it's affecting the network and my customers' um, sites. So that continuity is, you know, normal business hours is, is, is so important uh, to provide. So when you talk about devices uh, appearing, um, is this uh, IoT type devices or is it just anything with an IP address or are you specifically looking for cell phones that showed up or somebody who <laughs> parked in front of your parking lot? <laughs> well, it's pretty much all of the above. Um, what, what this, there's, there's two ways to deploy, two you know, uh, corresponding ways to de deploy this. One is via sensors that are on, on a network device. So it's a virtual sensor that's picking up literally every IP camera, VoIP phone, uh, iPhone that connects onto the Wi-Fi. It's picking up printers, servers, firewalls, literally anything, as you said, with an IP address, we can, we will, we will identify and, and, uh, and be able to score. In addition with agents, you can put agents on a Windows machine, a Mac or some Linux uh, endpoints. And those agents, depending, you know, independent of where that device is being used, can be reporting and providing its vulnerabilities. So that combination of, of timing, of completeness, really does give you a full inventory. It gives you, you know, we, we, there's able to, if the guy in the parking lot all of a sudden comes in and, you know, is, is, is been able to access the Wi-Fi, um, you're going to get an alert within minutes that says, hey, there's a new asset on this network. What do you want to do about it? Um, within 10 to 15 minutes, that asset will be, you know, vulnerable scored as well uh, if it hasn't been done anything. So it'll show up in, the, in your platform to be able to, you know, get it and see it. And so we have some different tools within the application for alerts that can be sent via email or it can be sent into a, a Slack channel, um, can be the email with all the relative data can be sent into your PSA tool so that you can, you know, establish a ticket and process it and track it and make sure you're, you're doing what you need to do. So you have the open APIs for all of that. Absolutely. And, and so when I look at this, am, am I as an MSP looking at all my clients at once, or am I doing like, do I have to log into each client separately? You, you log in once to our, to the platform, to the Nodeware platform, and all your customers can be seen there it, it, as independent, ind independent entities. And then you can click down into each one um, and see what what's popping up, what's what's critical, et cetera. And, and and what does this score number look like? Is it just like a three digit letter or it's a it's a score from zero to nine ninety nine. Okay. So the nine ninety nine is as good as you can get. We're not gonna call it a thousand because it's never perfect. It's never gonna <laughs> necessarily stay there. Uh, but the risk is really really low. And a zero can be a you know, a 10 year old Windows server device that's, you know, that scores a zero because it's just so out of, out of uh, end of life and other things going on to it. Okay, so, so, each... so uh, let's say I've got whatever, uh, 500 endpoints and uh, a patch comes out, but I haven't applied it. Mm -hmm. Do all 500 of those endpoints drop down in their score just a notch? Uh, they can, yeah. Because if, 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 the, if the vulnerability on that patch, you know, without the patch is showing a higher risk, then, and partly it might be the, uh, 
uh, known vulnerability, right? Versus an unknown right. vulnerability, right? So if it's a known one, the risk is going to be higher because more of the bad guys are going to know what to look for, right? right? And so, so yeah, so that, that scoring on a daily basis is going to, you know, change overnight or during the day because, you know, it hasn't been patched, but the patch need has been identified. Right. But there's also alerts from Adobe and, you know, every manufacturer on earth, right? So, so how do you, how do you turn like, uh, I mean, clearly if there's an update that, that takes out the white space at the end of a printed page, I don't really care. Right. <laughs> but, but on the other hand, if there's a zero day, you know, vulnerability from Intel or Microsoft or somebody, uh, I do care. Um, how do you score them? Do you get information from the manufacturer and chunk it through a machine? And <laughs> yeah, comes yeah, basically, basically, yeah, basically the, the, the CVEs and any other, vulnerabilities are published out into a number of different collective bodies, right? So us and other vulnerability scanners use, utilize basically the same, uh, you know, the same base of, 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 of knowledge base from, from those. And so, yeah, as soon as, whether it's a, it's a software specific thing, or maybe it's an Intel, you know, chip flaw or some sort or wherever it is, if the information's there, we're going to go, we're going to go in the next scan you know, be looking for that for that feature or that un, you know dis feature, if you will. Right. Um, and so, and again, the, the scoring is dynamic because the evaluations are dynamic. So when I look down, I'm not going to know out of the 500 or 1,000 endpoints. I'm not going to know what my web camera was at yesterday. So uh, how how do I know that it, something has changed and that I got to pay attention to it? Is it change colors or? Yeah, each each asset will have when the score changes. If it's within, you know, let's say fifty points of nine ninety nine, then it's green, right? So, and then if it goes below nine fifty, then it becomes yellow. And if it goes below, I think it's eight hundred or seven fifty, then it becomes red, right? And so the, you can you quickly know. Um, you can also change. You can also send uh, or provide. Um, or create alerts for different changes and different, you know, if a, if a device has all of a sudden become highly vulnerable, you can, you're going to alert as soon as that is known. So again, that can go into your PSA or it can just go in an email to, to you. Um, you can, as the MSP, you can set up your co-managed MSP and you want your end user to have access to the data, you can provide easy access for them both to get the alerts and to get access into the data reporting and the, um, you know, just, just the, the, the list of assets, which you can, you know, you can designate, you know, Joe from, uh, from uh, John's healthcare department, right? He, he, he can be get just his own customer data or his own site data. Um, but the MSP, you would have access to all of yours. Well, that's kind of cool. So you can actually talk to your clients and say, Hey, if you want these alerts, I will give them to you. Um, and, and then, would you expect the end user to do something about it or simply just call well, on? I mean, that's, that's, that's going to depend on, on the customer, but it, the, the, you know, we, we allow that flexibility. So some, some MSPs, right. Don't want their customer touching anything, right. We'll take care of it. Right. And others have somebody on site that they can trust and knows what they're doing enough to tell them and instruct them. Okay. On this device, go do this, this, and this, and then restart it or what, you know, whatever that instruction might be. Um, so the, the flexibility is there to, to send the reports and the data and the, the alerts where you want them and where they're most you know, efficiently sent. 
All right. And uh, so the, oh, let's take a quick break just to let people know that they, the site they need to go to is nodeware.com. And you have, uh, we'll, we'll put links down below, but you have a blog there and uh, an events calendar as well. Right. Uh, so make sure people, and it's just N-O-D-E, just, just like any nerd knows how to spell node, it's Nodeware. So that leads me to pricing. Is this priced per node, per endpoint, per IP address, per customer? Yeah. So let me, let me just one other thing I wanted to point out on the website there on the MSP partner page, there are some testimonials from our current MSPs that, um, that you can see their quotes. You can go to some a YouTube page and look at some of their links from Josh Liberman, Nick McCourt from Integris, you know, a bunch of other key, key users. So, um, on the pricing and the licensing model. So we license to the MSP and they, you know, license as many uh, assets as they need. We price them in blocks of 50 assets. So if you've got a, if you're an MSP with a thousand uh, assets under management, then you would need 20 blocks of those. Um, if you, that, and that, and a thousand assets total is where the price breaks start and then 2,500 and then 5,000 and above. So it can quickly get down to, uh, you know, from distribution, probably 30 to 35 cents per asset per month in the high volumes. Um, All right. in, the low, and, in the lower volumes, it's about 50 cents per asset. And how do I manage that? Because I think about like in my office, oh, there's a computer and there's a printer. Uh, I, I don't think the monitor has an IP address that the webcam does, but that webcam doesn't. And, right. right. Uh, and then of course there's all the crap that just shows up, you know, and the things that I don't think about. So I might have whatever, 20 users, but those 20 users, that office could easily have, you know, 50, 50 assets. or more, right. uh, things that show up. Um, do you recommend that I license all of them and, and be well, monitoring all the, of the them? way, the way, the way that we recommend is that you would put a sensor on the network. Right, and you do, do you do the first discovery, right? So let's say you find fifty assets, um, but realistically, ten of them are, you know, maybe it's a VoIP phone that you just, you know, you don't need to worry about, right? You don't want a license for that, so you're down to forty um, in, in active, and maybe there's a few other items that become like a false positive, just something that's there that you know you're going to live with, right? Might be a an old server or an old PC on the factory floor that's doing a very specific thing and it's, you know, it's, it's ports are closed. There's no point in scanning that one on a daily basis because you know what it is and you've got it protected in other ways. So now you're down to 39 or whatever. Um, so that 50 block, uh, at that point, you're using 39 of them. And we usually recommend that you have a little bit of cushion so that as devices gets added randomly or unexpectedly, You've got, you know, they're they're still being managed, monitored, um, and so that that but that fifty as well, or if you've got five hundred under license, that could be amongst split amongst ten different customers. So you're not licensing or adding necessarily per customer; you're just adding blocks as you as you add assets. Right. Oh, that's cool. So so it's sort of what I call mini service pricing. I I buy as I need and I distribute as I need, and it's right. not. I don't have all these unused licenses sitting at <laughs> right, right, and and you can you know again if you have a customer that maybe one month was using a hundred and and now they're down to fifty you just you you know you can your you can unauthorize those assets and put them somewhere else right and and things like thermometers that I I can manually check once a month uh, by some other means I just disable that yeah. 
Yeah. So you, just- so you mentioned um, uh, a, a tracing tool. So is there a piece of hardware that I put on the network or is this uh, like a widget that gets installed on a computer? Uh, either, either option. So originally the product was developed with uh, an Intel NUC device that was a you know, it was a physical device, but the virtual sensor was on placed on that. And that could be literally just plugged into the Ethernet and do a power cord in the in the in a in a network and it goes and does its thing. With you know development of the product and moving away from hardware, we've we've got three visit three virtual sensors, a VMware, a vSphere, and a Windows sensor. And those sensors um, can be placed on a network device, can be placed on a server. Uh, on a virtual server, where wherever kind of makes sense, even an old Windows device that you're not using anymore, you just you know you can load the sensor on there and put it on the network, and and you're good to go. Um, agent deployments are a little bit more different. Uh, we do have the flexibility though that you can deploy silently a, an agent via your RMM tools. We can help you sort of set that up, or if you want to do it more, you know, proactively or reactively, depending on you know the customer set those agents can be deployed and used. So if an agent is on a machine, let's just say it's a laptop and I take it home, what happens? Because is it just protecting my laptop? At, at the point it's off the network, yeah, it's just protecting your, your laptop. It, it, but, it, but as long as soon as, or as long as it's connected to the internet, it's reporting and it's available. The data on that notebook is available. Right. Okay. So one, one of the, one of the, extensions of that home use that that we like calling out and I think is relevant for a number of particularly compliance related companies or services. Let's say you've got an executive that has, you know, a notebook and he's working from home and he needs to print out some, you know, sensitive documents or do some, do some access. Well, you can also put a window sensor on that device that goes home. And so now you can also scan his home network. Ah. So if you want to be able to look for the Xbox or who knows what, could be an open open port device that gets brought home or it's just used. So now you have access into that home network and you can see, you know, he's you can tell them, right? If you're if you're going to be doing any kind of work at home, you know, here here's your vulnerabilities and you know, be careful of these. Or or again, back to the alerting standpoint, if a new asset's added onto that network that he doesn't know his kid brings home something that shouldn't be on the network. Um, you know, it's it's alerted and and you can be, keep them uh, safer. I won't say they keep them 100% safe, but you can keep them safer. Right. Well, n- nothing is 100%, especially today. Holy smokes. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so when you when when the the COVID happened, because you said that you you got this one of these patents last year. So mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this, did it make your job easier or more difficult to have everybody be basically out of the office and uh working well that's the 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 uh the COVID sort of expedited and required us to add the agents right we didn't have agents before that because again most people are on the network and that's where you were concerned about as people worked remote we developed the agents right about the same time and we deployed those and now the company's assets wherever they were were being at least monitored and checked for vulnerabilities Right. Well, it's interesting. They uh, there's all this debate about whether people will go back to the office, blah, blah, blah. Of course, they'll go back to the office. I, yeah. I've just now ended that debate. But the question is, <laughs> how, will, how often <laughs> Yeah, will people be permanently working 
at home 20% of the time or 80% of the time or somewhere in the middle. And, you know, my guess is that's going to be the range, the norm for knowledge workers. Um, And so it's kind of a permanent change that just within two years, we stopped thinking of the office as the center of what we do as an industry. Yeah. As the place to work. It's not the place you work where you need to work and where you. Right. And it's got to be safe all the time because we have historically, uh, many people in our industry have not supported home networks because you have zero control over it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kids install whatever and <laughs> not, not just maliciously, but just like, oh, I need this tool. Download it from the internet, install it, use it, throw it away. But in the meantime, who knows what that thing has done? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you know, you look at SaaS apps, right? Or, or whether again, back in the home or in the office environment, SaaS applications are just, you know, it's one step away from somebody that has access somewhere else. All of a sudden they're now accessing your device because they're, that tunnel is open or whatever it might be the way that where the path in there. Um, so we, we, you know, we've been doing some um, partnering and, and looking at things like a SaaS Leo, if you've heard of them from a company out of Indianapolis, they've got a shadow IT protection device. So, um, or, or, or sensors and networks. Oh, you can look for, you know, the, the unauthorized uses of Dropbox maybe, or, or any other app, SaaS application that an individual is doing. So combined, you know, between Nodeware and a product like SaaS Leo, you know, an MSP can deliver, you know, really solid first levels of cyber hygiene, right? And so first levels of cybersecurity. Once you, because again, you can't protect what you don't know. Right? right. And you can't, you can't know, you can't score, you can't, you know, if you're looking at insurance, you know, insurance, uh, cyber insurance requirements now are requiring full hundred percent knowledge of every asset, uh, how risky they are, you know, and that's where we're seeing a lot of interest from MSPs and end users on a vulnerability program that is continuous. It's not a once a month scan that's, you know, checks a box. They want to know, how often are you evaluating your network? Right. And that's, that's really well, where. And I would say cannabis is probably the extreme in California where every plant, every leaf has a barcode. <laughs> Everything <laughs> has to be videotaped 24 seven, complete visibility of every square inch. Uh, it has to be stored forever. Legislators have this ability to wave their hand and say, just do everything without any regard to how many terabytes of data <laughs> or petabytes of data they're asking us to store for the rest of history, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's also the case with a lot of compliance, like these medical records can never go away. The backups can never go away. The backups of the medical records can never go away, you know, uh, financials and so forth and so on. But at the same time, we send people home and they've got their Dropbox and they've got their, you know, whatever, this drive, that drive, Azure, you know, some free thing that came in a box of Cheerios and they, they take your company data and they spread it all over the world. Uh, yeah. So you, yeah. we need to make sure that people understand those practices. There's is there, like, there's a human element to it and you could only monitor so, so much, but that education piece has got to be huge. Yeah. Um, what kind of reports do I get of this kind of stuff if I have that, those compliance issues? Um, so we, we actually pride ourselves in some of our reports. So we have about six or seven different types of reports, some from a 
from a two-page executive summary report that you could provide, you know, just lock away for that audit or, or provide to your customer on a monthly basis. And, you know, you could show progress over time on that scoring of their company or their total environment. So maybe last month it was 850 and now it's 900. And kind of as I was talking, the longer term value of what you can provide your customer is that, you know, we're, we're showing progress, stick with us, we're going to continue building this, you know, you know, increasing your, your defenses, right, or decreasing your risk. So a two page executive summary, if you, if you need to provide that, and you can get those on demand, or just regularly scheduled, you can go in the tool and just say every First and 15th of the month, send me that data, right? Or send me that report. Um, we also have reports, sort of full network report where you can show in a PDF or an HTML file, every asset, all of its um, vulnerabilities individually, sort of, and, and the potential remedies for that. So, you know, it could be a hundreds of long, hundreds of pages long report. Again, you're never going to share that with your customer, but you could have it as your record for, as you said, forever and ever, right? It's a PDF file. You store it. Somebody ever needs to know a point in time, you can you can provide that. Um, we have a Log4j audit report. So if you want to, if somebody's, you know, again, from a compliance or just general knowledge and, you know, request, they want to know how many devices have I seen with Log4j vulnerability? Well, here they are. Here's the reporting. And again, you can get a, a history of that. So reporting is 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 a key piece key piece for one for their own MSPs usage right and just for their tracking and their their own liability and protection, uh, but as well for the customers you know auditing trail for um, just value add of of how that MSP is increasing their value to the customer. Right. Sadly, we're just about out of time, but why don't we let you give the website again and, uh, you know, whatever your last call to action is. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, so the website is nodeware.com, N-O-D-E-W-A-R-E. Um, off of there, you can see some of our events that we do. We're doing a, an educational um, a public service series of webinars that are bringing in experts from NIST and from CIS-18 and from um, you know, insurance companies. We had one last week about the insurability, right? So it's not a sales pitch, but it's something that uh, an MSP can view or they could share with their customers. We're even providing a URL, a custom URL that if they invite their customers and they register using that link, we'll give them the lead. So it's kind of a warm lead handoff uh, for them. Um, we have testimonials on the website, um, other tools on there. So that's that's our easiest way to do it. Or you can go to frank.ramondi at igicyberlabs.com. And I assume, Carl, you might put that on the bottom um, or put that in a resource, but would love to uh, hear from you and uh, see what we can, we, can, we can help you with. Very good. All right. Thanks for being with us today. This has been a pleasure. SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.